The future. This is the first podcast of this year. Hopefully, well, might be the last, depending on how this goes. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Apologies for having been away for so long. It was work and life and a whole bunch of other shit. Christmas, New Year being one. It's all your fault. It's all my fault. It usually is. But uh, we're back. And uh, as per usual, we'll be hitting you up with some movie news. And then we're going to have some reviews. We'll be talking about, uh, it's a little late, but we'll be talking about Tron Legacy. Because yep. it needs to be talked about. Of course. Uh, depending on uh, how much time we have after that, uh, I may uh, d- do a short review of The Company Men. And I plan to review uh, Emma Stone starring Easy A. Want to see that movie? I've heard a lot of good things. Mm. A lot of good things. There's been some uh, crazy news going on. Uh, just in, uh, this is uh, pretty recent. There's uh, Tom Hardy has been cast in uh, The Dark Knight Rises for quite some time now, but uh, nobody seems to know what role he's playing. Yeah. Uh, but now Christopher Nolan has confirmed that he is indeed playing Bane. The chemically created brute uh, who uh, first came into the comics in the uh, early 90s. When in Nightfall, when he broke Batman's back. Yep, that was some hardcore shit. I wonder, things to come? Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Dark Knight rises out of his chair really <laughs> slowly. Like, they break his back in the first minute, and after that, it's one man's triumph of the human will against paraplegism. <laughs> You know what? That could actually work. Yeah. Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan could Christopher, pull it off. Christopher Nolan will figure out a way to make it work. I watched Inception again on the plane back, and yeah, he could make it work. He can make anything work. I uh, have only I have not seen Inception since it came out on general release, so I really want to see that movie again. Actually, it works. Um, and there. There's also been a whole lot of actresses um, that have been vying for a certain role. Also, uh, being that that's uh, been kept fairly under wraps as to what that role is. Yeah. But now it's been confirmed that Anne Hathaway has been cast as Selena Kyle. She'll be playing Catwoman. Fuck. So, one thing, I hope they don't go Spider-Man through with this in the sense that uh, they're bringing, because like uh, a lot Two of villains, you yeah, kind of... From, from different periods in the comic book, yeah. you know, and um, they don't work out so good for Sam Raimi. I mean, I hope that, uh, I mean, I, I trust Christopher Nolan, I yeah. trust that he knows what he's doing. I just, it'd be interesting, it'd be interesting to see um, how... How, how he does Catwoman. How he does Bane. I'm, how, how the fuck do you do Bane? Yeah, because I mean, if you remember from Batman and Robin, they had Bane in it, and he was, just, uh, he was the product of the guy who made... What's his name? Uh, Poison uh, Ivy. Poison Ivy. Who and he's a skinny by, guy who gets venom and bulks up, but was, he was, was a played by the guy monster. who uh, played uh, Lex Luthor's father in Smallville, Julian Glover. He wasn't played Bane; he played the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was created by the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah. But Bane was just a hulking non-entity. He was a Hulk. He was a Hulk. Like, was, whereas in the comics, yeah, he is like big, strong retard, essentially. In yeah. the comics, he was like a businessman, and mm-hmm. like he was just like he was a bit like Batman, right? Mm-hmm. He had a a, stuff. He just looked like a Mexican, a Mexican wrestler. Yeah, um, but it could the, the be key question is exactly how tight will Anne Hathaway's outfit be? I don't know. It's like, and also, it's you know, Christopher Nolan's sort of commitment to making things realistic. How do you make? Catwoman? I mean, she's probably going to be just deranged. Yeah. Probably just going to be like a normal cat burglar who's just yeah. a little, like a little fucked up. Yeah, because I mean, but the whole thing is like, the bad guys have been fucked up in the head, you know. And the yeah. was kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. Ras Al Ghul, maybe not. There was talk that that role could be perhaps Talia Al Ghul, uh, 
Ras Al Ghul's son, mm-hmm. the daughter. The daughter. But um, obviously that's out the window now. But there is another. There is another. There's two female roles they were casting, wasn't there? I think. Maybe he hasn't mentioned what the second one was, but it seems to be a lot of actresses going for it. Yeah, yeah, there was there was quite a few. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like uh, Anne Hathaway, not my first choice. But then again, Anne Hathaway is one of those actresses that seems to be surprising me as she goes along with yeah. uh, with her performances. I mean, like, and like uh, she she's managed to shake off the Princess Bride image fairly well. Uh, Princess Diaries image? Oh yeah, Princess. Yes. I always get those fucking two. How could you get them confused? I just like when I'm not thinking and I just say it. You know, obviously. What is I, one of the greatest movies ever made? If I, obviously, if I walked into a room and one was playing on TV, I'd like, ah, oh, oh, Princess Bride. But when I'm not yeah. thinking, I'm just like, you know. One is one of the greatest movies ever made, and the other one is the Princess Diaries. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, I apologize. Yeah, I Jesus. apologize. I apologize. Yeah, you, you, the time you, you, off you is can just take it. You can take it now. You can take it. I can take it. You can take it. You can take it. Well, I'm kinda, what else you got? <laughs> I'm kind of glad that we didn't do the podcast last week when we were supposed to, or the week before when we were supposed to, or the week before when we were supposed to, because there was no fucking news then. <laughs> Everything's happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there was not a whole lot going on, and then lately it's just been a slew of uh, incoming like uh, onset pictures and official pics from studios. We had uh, the first look of uh, first look at Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man costume, which yeah. looks pretty awesome. And uh, what we'll be doing is for this this be the first time we'll do this. We'll start putting up show notes. So where we usually talk about shit and you can't see it, we will now put links up so you can have a look at what the fuck we're talking about. And also, if you would uh, like to uh, send us an email, or if you have any comments for us, you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. And if you're too lazy to open your email client, pretty soon there'll be a form on the website if you're not too lazy to open a browser. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other the bit of like tight costume casting news, or photo news, and these photos will be up on the site. Um, is that the X-Men, there was a cavalcade of images from X-Men. You yep. will probably see yep. some of this. There was a, a shot came out on Joe Blow of them all in outfit, which they are definitely wearing the old school black and yellow outfits. And Magneto looks badass. Yeah, it does look cool. And James McAvoy does look like a cool professor, young Professor X. What's surprising to me is how like the Mystique from the new movies Mystique looks like. I know. It's might, really they, well done. I know. They might as well just have kept Rebecca Remains famous. Yeah, but she hated all the uh, makeup, I think. Yeah. That's why... She didn't want to And Jennifer it. Lawrence is young and eager and wants to please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> well, there's been, there's been one photo of them all standing there in their gear. Um, some sites reacted a little badly to this, but also... All i got to say is January Jones! January Jones is looking very good in tight-fitting white outfit. And uh, Kevin Bacon's got massive, awesome sideburns. I mean, he is... Kevin Bacon is a god. Yeah. He looks... <laughs> he's wearing a fucking cravat. <laughs> that, if, no, if anything else, that says Hellfire Club. Oh man. A cravat. That's going to look so awesome. But there's a shot of them all in their cities and they look kind of cool as well. But the nicest one I think is just the, the Magneto and um, Professor X Professor playing X chess. Facing off over chess. It's just look, it's going to look cool. It looks like they've nailed, they, they've got a really cool look for the whole film. Mm. It's going to be, as I said, the most interesting about this is it is a 60s piece. I mean, mm-hmm. what have we seen? I mean, there's that OSS movie and there's those... Um, those OSS movies, you know, the, the Secret Service things yep, in the 60s yep. where everyone's rampantly sexu- sexist and racist mm-hmm. and uh, go uh, Austin Powers to uh, an extent. But this, and the Captain America, I guess, is doing the same. Doing, a little bit. Doing these older movies, but I mean, I guess it's the Mad Men effect. Probably. But I think with Captain America, it'll be a much more different vibe. It'll, uh, you know, it'll probably be a little bit skew, a little bit more October Sky, Rocketeer, because Joe Johnson's behind it. Yeah. With, uh, with Matthew Vaughn directing this, it'll probably have a little bit more of an edge, I think. Yeah. But the poster came out as well, which looks kind of cool. It does look kind of cool. It's a big old X it's for an X-Men X. movie. You know, who would have thought? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I didn't realize this movie's coming out in June. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sooner than we think. This summer's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
We got Thor, we got X-Men, we got a whole bunch of shit. And there was some Thor pictures released, and there was also... There was some Captain America pictures released, and it looks badass. Yeah, this look, this is, seems to be the new... This is, like, not his 40s outfit. I mean, I don't know... It looks I haven't like been clear whether they're going to do... It looks Ultimates. It looks like they're going with the Ultimates, but which is a good idea. This is the photo that came out a while. This is the pic- a photo that came out of the the. It's basically the the we saw the concept art quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And this seems to match it, but this is, is like more modern or more battle it, ready it just, outfit. It, it but, just looks more uh, more weathered. But is this? Do you think the modern day, or I mean, is he going to end? Is the movie going to end with him in the iceberg, or is it going to middle with him in the iceberg? Uh, I, I think it'll. I mean, if it ties into the Avengers, then I would imagine it would probably have to be at the end. Mm. It would have to. You know, because then what are you going to do for the next second half of the movie if they do it in the middle? If, unless they're going to bring the Avengers in early, but I don't think they'll blow their wad with that. Yeah. They'll probably want to save it for the actual film. Look at them run. Because what if <laughs> because what if the Avengers? I mean, God forbid, knock on wood. What if the Avengers don't work? Yeah. You know what I mean. So you don't want to you don't want to show them too early. If they turn up in the uh, halfway through Captain America and you realize, oh, you don't quite like it. It's going to fuck the movie. Yeah. Did you see the uh, you saw the Andrew Garfield Spider Man outfit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This looks cool. It it's does. A, look it's an cool. interesting take on aside the aside from the fact that I think that I just don't think we need a reboot. Yeah. Um, I think it looks great. I mean, it's a nice and he does look like Peter Parker. He does. Yeah. There is a Steve Ditko element to. There's uh, definitely a Spider Man No More vibe about yeah. that picture. Uh, again, this will be on the site, but it looks like the suit is not as shiny or as lycra looking as the uh, suit that. Um, this looks just slightly more homemade. Yeah, it, it does look like a wax jacket. Yeah, a little like bit. kind of waxy feel to it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of detail on it with mm. regards to the actual like the, the spider, on the suit. And the spider is not quite so flash, you know. It actually yeah. does look like something that he might have like painted on or something. Yeah, and the Which, big thing that people have been talking about is that on his wrists there are discs that Emma, St- Emma Stone has confirmed that he does have his own. He's yeah. built his own web shoes. Yeah, which is another decision to make in that. Uh, it's a cool. They can't spend too much on the origin. Everyone knows who the fuck he is now. Yeah, exactly. And to. You could always say, you know, this is Ultimate Spider-Man or like that, or, I mean, it It seems to be, again, movies are now less afraid to completely revamp things. It's not like, okay, well, this could be just an earlier time or a later time of the same mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. This is rebooting it in such a way. Yeah, which is, uh, like, as I've, as I've said many times, I, I just don't think that's necessary. I mean, if you're gonna... Everybody knows who the fuck this guy is now. Yeah. He's, more, he's more famous than Jesus. I mean, they could recast it, but just start from, like, he's Spider-Man, go. Yeah. I mean, you can maybe do like some flashbacks here and there just to catch up some of the more retarded people in the audience, but for the most part, you don't really need to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, but did that very well recently. There was something that just had a very... There was some superhero movie where they just did the origin very, very quickly. Well, they did it in The Incredible Hulk. I mean, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, he was already the Hulk when, when that happened, and they just yeah. sort of did some flashbacks. Um, did in the opening sequence. Yep. There's something else that did it really well recently. I can't remember what that was. He just started with them as the character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, also, uh, something that's been confirmed recently is um, for a long time Ridley Scott has been uh, working on the Alien prequel. Yep. And uh, now it's been confirmed that uh, it's not going to be an Alien prequel at all. No. <laughs> They've chucked the whole Alien yeah, yeah, concept out. Yeah. Basically, I mean, what they were saying is that uh, Ridley Scott's initial um, vision for it was just too cool for it to be labeled as a reboot or a reimagining. So, like, even though they, they say that the movie's going to have its roots in sort of the, the alien mythology, but they've created something entirely different, and uh, it's going to be called Prometheus. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, it's already got a release date. It's opening on March 9th, 2012, if the world is still standing. Uh, it'll be uh, Ridley Scott's first science fiction film since Blade Runner. Fuck. Uh, and uh, he's been... No pressure. No pressure at all. Um, and uh, Rooney Rapace, is that how you pronounce the name? Rapace? Rapace, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I gotta check with these things now because I've recently realized I don't know how to pronounce a lot of people's names. <laughs> What's that chick's name from Lovely Bones? 
Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse, no, Saoirse. Saoirse. You, got, you, you, you gotta give me that. It's a... It's an Irish name. It's a weird name. <laughs> saying Irish names are weird, motherfucker? I'm not saying it's weird. I'm just saying if you look at like how they're spelt and everything, it doesn't exactly flow off the Does top. Does Siobhan always freak you out as well? Or Aisling? No, I'm pretty all right. With or Roisin. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the initial draft of Prometheus was written by uh, John Spates, for, uh, who did the Dar- who's doing the script for The Darkest Hour. And uh, now Damon... What did you say Rapace's first name was? Numi. Yeah, it is. Your and uh, Damon Lindelof, who uh, who's, uh, what was pretty much the major creative force behind Lost, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Idiot. Yes. He's, <laughs> they've been working on the, uh, the current version of the script, uh, which is the which which is where it has expanded into new territory. Yeah, apparently Scott's a, a keen fan will recognize strands of Aliens DNA, so to speak. But the ideas tackled in this film are unique, large, and provocative. I yes. just, again, I know it's the age that we live in that news comes out with these things so early and so like yeah. that. But yeah. everyone's going to go see this movie because thinking, thinking it's, it's an alien, alien movie and like just looking for those little bits. Yeah, it's going to be kind of weird. And you know, a big part of the marketing is going to be from the director of Alien. Yeah, you know, so. It'll be interesting. I'm, there's, I'm actually kind of glad that they've it's gone off in, in, into from its own. From the director thing. of Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> from the director, from the director of A Good Year. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even uh, seen that shit. At this point, Numi Rapace is the only uh, actor that is confirmed. Angelina Jolie um, and Charlize Theron are said to be circling roles. Mm-hmm. Um, no men in this movie. Who needs them? Yeah. No men. No. Fuck it. <laughs> Maybe for me, this, uh, well, I mean, the whole alien thing is that it's the the alien is the man's fear of impregnation and stuff like that. Maybe they're going to they flip it on its head and it's the other way around. Maybe <laughs> the men are just going to go around fucking the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I got something in my pocket. <laughs> that's that's why the aliens are all so pissed and want to shove their tongues down everyone's throat. They keep getting <laughs> they're all like rape victims. Oh, so it's all like it's all like revenge. <laughs> Speaking of revenge, uh, Will Smith is not done shoving his children into uh, in, into the public eye. They've got like, to be the biggest Hollywood brats. How many does he have? Jade Pinkett Smith and is it there's, two kids? There's Willow. Willow. Yeah, Willow is uh, his his daughter. Not Peck. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we're referring to the 1987, something like that, movie by Ron Howard called Willow. Yeah. That that uh, that starred uh, Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. And his uh, then wife to be, now ex-wife, Joanne Whaley, who is Joanne Whaley Kilmer, and who is now Joanne Whaley once again. <laughs> because clip, because from from all reports, Val Kilmer is a bit of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what sign are you? Fire him. <laughs> there was some rumors going around when he was doing the saint, is that he was he wanted to know like all the crew members what their zodiac signs were. He has to go back and ask them again now to have that new zodiac sign. <laughs> Jesus. Do that? Yeah, did I hear about that? Is it a new zodiac sign? Aphisticus or something like that. Aphisticus? Apparent Aphisticus. What's that? Greek god Aphistic. Um apparently the planet wobbles, so they astrology doesn't take that into account. Astronomers have always looked down on astrologists for doing this, so some astrologers said, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> But now it means I'm a Virgo, not a Libra. That's stupid. Oh, really? So, like, I'm not a Scorpio anymore? I'm no, you're a pussy. <laughs> but I like being a Scorpio. Yeah. I like that look everyone gives you when you tell them you're a Scorpio. Yeah, I'm very well balanced. You're very intense. <laughs> no, I'm not! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, you will know that uh, Will Smith developed a remake of The Karate Kid for his son, Jaden, which I enjoyed. I thought it was a good film. Um, it was a surprise hit. 
Um, the only the only thing I'm pissed off about that movie is that it didn't um, is that it because of that movie A Team didn't make enough money. Yeah, but it would I mean, have been nice to have seen an A Team sequel. Is A Team considered happen. a flop? It's not considered a. F it's considered a disappointment. I yeah. would imagine. Not uh, to because, us. Because not to us it was one of the. I had the biggest fucking grin I on had my a, face. I had a great time that watching movie. that movie. I hope DVD sales rocket so we can get a sequel. Yeah. Um, but uh, now he's doing the same thing for his uh, daughter Willow Smith, and uh, now he's revamping Annie. No. Yes. Oh, it gets better. God. It gets better. Um, the the um, Annie like uh, was uh, originally came out in 1924 as Little Orphan Annie, which is a comic, which was a comic strip um, about a plucky young redhead. There was a Broadway Broadway musical in. I used 19 to be a plucky young redhead. <laughs> now you're just plucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I ever Here's do. Here's the door, walk right in. I just sit around plucking myself. There was a Broadway musical in 1977 and the film in 1982. Um, <laughs> but it gets better. The, the Will Smith um, uh, version of Annie, Jay-Z is in talks... Uh, to like Daddy Warbucks? No, no, no. Jay-Z is in talks to collaborate on the music. Oh. <laughs> Just imagine Jay-Z is Daddy Warbucks. I ain't getting no... Daddy Faux shizzle, I ain't taking no orphan in. I got 99 problems and an orphan ain't one. <laughs> That'll be interesting, actually. If, if Daddy Warbucks, if Daddy Warbucks is going to be black or if he's going to be white, he's or, or, he's or Kelly, and so to get over the whole uh, controversy, he adopts an orphan. <laughs> Mel Gibson is Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> get your fucking ass in here and clean the fucking floor. You make me want to smoke. <laughs> you think this house is for free? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but JC's uh, involvement is. Um, He's Mel Gibson. She's Jewish. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> will she? Will he talk through her beaver? <laughs> will it have a Cockney accent? Mm. Um, there is uh, some connection to JC's involvement because um, I did not know this actually, which shows how out of touch I am with uh, today's music scene. Willow Smith reached number eleven on the Billboard Top 100 with um, "Whip My Hair." Earlier, oh, uh, shit, I heard something about this, and I was like, oh, I God, did that's not, mine. I did not know this. Yeah. <laughs> I could have on pur I could have purposely, like, very consciously blocked it out of my yeah, yeah. But um, I, did, I did not know this, and Jay-Z was apparently a fan of the song and signed her to his uh, label, Rock Nation. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, Jay-Z does have a history with Annie. He sampled one of the musical's signature songs for it's Hard Knock Life. It's a Hard Knock Life. Yeah. I, I, I remember that. It's bad as man. No, I liked it. It's large. <laughs> but uh, this cracked me up. <laughs> Can, I really want to see this, actually. Is it going to be urban? If Jay-Z is doing the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't think they're going to go, period. No. <laughs> I can't stop scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> what was Who played Daddy Warbucks in the original? I never remember his name. Uh, was it... This the Irish guy. That guy that looks like Teddy Savalas. From, man. Uh, <laughs> no, but he was in Big Fish. I can't remember. Uh, oh, no. Um, was it Albert Finney? Albert Finney, Albert yeah, Finney, yeah. yeah. I, years later, I was yeah, signing yeah. again. I was like, that's Albert Finney. It's Albert Finney. What the fuck? For some strange reason, I, I, I just see Teddy Savalas. <laughs> Every time I think it's of It's like Daniel, the sixth sense. I see Teddy Savalas. Every time I think of Daddy Warbucks, I think of Teddy Savalas. No, because I read... You know how I remember Mad Magazine? They'll always do like a spoof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a spoof of Annie, and I swear the drawing looked like Teddy Savalas. You used to read Mad Magazine? <laughs> yes, I used to read Mad Magazine. It was awesome when I was a child. <laughs> you still are a child. It's still awesome. 
I still love that. <laughs> I just love the drawings. <laughs> I like the pictures. <sighs> well, while we were away, there was a couple of trailers broke, uh, some of which I want to mention. Um, we were talking before about the Rango trailer. Yeah. It was better than the one for Hop. But um, <laughs> did you remember the, bang- the Rango trailer was just, the original trailer was just the giant wind-up fish going from left yes. that was the, to Yes. No, right. That was the announcement. Yeah, announcement. And then after that, they came up with a, with a teaser trailer that I really liked. Yeah. And now they've got a new one, which I don't like so much. You know, yeah, it looks like... I thought it was just going to be Hunter S. Thompson is a gecko. Yeah. And now it's like, now it, it's, it's very much that Hollywood yeah. mold of the, the Western where... What is One it? guy comes in and like... Uh, Accidentally... What is this? There is a movie that is that. There is... I'm not sure if it's with Jeremy Stork. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like he accidentally kills the big bad guy and everyone thinks he's a badass yeah, and then yeah. he's not. Yeah. But, there, I mean, it does still... I mean, even that... It's starting to look strangers. like... It's starting we don't to... like strangers. That doesn't... That, that tone seems to be gone a little bit more in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. That little kid it's, is like... It's starting, to, to it's starting to look more conventional now. Yeah. Uh, which is a kind of a disappointment. I mean, it still looks beautiful. Yeah. It looks like it, it, there will be some laughs. Very... Oh, what was it? Oh, what's the thing? There's a, there's a there's a hawk chasing him. He runs into town, accidentally makes the very Wizard of Oz accidentally makes the um, water tower fall on the bird. Yeah. There's a brilliant scene where the doctor goes, "This bird is dead," and there's this there's this like chameleon in the background goes, "Circle life." <laughs> I, remember I, remember that, I remember that. That, that moment. That if the rest of the movie can live up to that. And there's a big cheer. Circle life! Yay! I just thought that was genius. No, it does have the potential to be something different with the talent behind it because it's got yeah. some quirky talent yeah. behind it. But I preferred the first trailer. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this, I mean, as I said, this, this other one just makes it look a little bit more your regular Hollywood animated fare. Yeah. But I mean, there's a brilliant scene as well where it's like himself and someone else are trapped in a giant globe that's filling with water. Yeah. And he goes, wait. I have a plan, and like there's people standing outside the globe. I'm not sure if they're the people who put them in there and are filling it with water. Yeah. And he just goes over to it, knocks on the glass, and goes, "Help! Open the door!" <laughs> I mean, Johnny Depp's going to be good in it. It just looks perfect for him. But uh, yeah, the rest of we we'll see how the rest of it hangs on. But yeah. uh, it looks very good. The other trailer I wanted to mention is that we got a high def trailer for Paul. Yes. You see this? Yes, I saw this. So this is what we, we... I think we mentioned this when we went to Comic-Con last year. It's the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movie. They're not... That they're doing without... Edgar Wright. Right. Yep. Uh, it, it is not part of the, Cornetto, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. What's his name? The director? It's... Uh, Greg Matola. Uh, Greg Matola. The, the director of Superbad and... Um, what's that other fucking movie with... Um, Pineapple Express? J- Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, and, uh, Adventureland. Adventureland, yes. Yeah. And uh, this, this is like Seth Rogen is a filthy fucking alien grey. He's just <laughs> everything I see about the more about I see about this movie, and we put the trailer on the side as well. Is looking better and better. Yeah, I think I'm, the I'm, humor seems to be working really, really well. I'm really looking forward to this movie. Yeah, and Seth Rogen. I mean, when we heard Seth Rogen was going to play the alien, it was, Paul, a, it was a little bit of like, oh, what, another voiceover? But yeah, he suits it. He the, does suit it. The footage we saw at Comic Con was like that was I think the first time they showed what the alien was going to look like, and it looks like they've nailed the footage. I mean, the alien looks cool. Yeah, he looks really cool, and just the way he interacts with them and. I think it's going to be great. Although there's not much of uh, Rain, uh, Rain, not Rain Wilson, the other guy, Bill, Bill Hader's in it as well. But there's Hader. more of Jason Bateman in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that looks and Sigourney Weaver's voice. Yeah. So uh, it's an alien on the run. These guys in the Winnebago pick him up, and it's just fish out of water kind of thing. They're, well, they're the fish that we're having to deal with this guy. Mm-hmm. Just it just seems great. <laughs> it's like I think he's trying to he's trying to Kirsten Wiig is a, like a creationist or something like that, and he's trying to convince her that he is an alien. He's like. But they're not real. They're not real. And then, like, you know, Paul's not helping by being in the Winnebago, mooning them. Yeah. No, it, it does look pretty funny. It's small for my planet. <laughs> so we'll definitely put that, that link up as well. Uh, um, 
I mentioned this before. I, I said before a couple of times. I've listened to a podcast, the Adam and Joe show. I've mentioned a lot. They had so we played some of their music, the little bits they put together, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 Quantum of Solace, the the, the tunes they did for that. Remember, mm-hmm. a Santum of Qualice. I don't know what that means. For quite a while, he'd been working with Edgar Wright on different things. I think he had a script. He's had script and consults on Scott Pilgrim and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but he's been doing a movie which we've heard about little, very little about called Attack the Block. Oh yeah, I haven't heard of this. So the first picture comes out and it's some hoodies on bikes. And apparently the story now is that there's a group of fucking thugs that give uh, some nurse on the way home some hassle. Mm-hmm. But then a meteorite lands and they beat the shit out of something that crawls out of it. Oh right. So it's like E.T. but with Asbos. And the Asbos <laughs> kill the fucking E.T. and then E.T.'s parents come. And they've got to defend the block. Like the block is—I thought it was going to be an apartment block, but it's actually like the block of how the residential block. So right. these gang of low-life scum are going to defend themselves from planetary invasion. That sounds cool. It sounds very high content. And I mean, these are guys who I'd say like uh, they're friends with Gareth Jennings and those so like right, Son of Rambo right, style yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and Edgar Wright and that. Mm-hmm. And those guys are getting to be like I think. Um, there's a group of people that all hung out together in London, I guess. Yeah. They're becoming like uh, Coppola and Spielberg yeah, yeah, when they were the, the, the director. Zootrope. Was Zootrope? Zootrope, yeah. Zootrope, yeah. Or Zootrope. 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 Yeah, Zootrope. But when they became, you know, they, they were like, you know, the hotshot directors yeah, and they had yeah. similar themes. And these guys yeah. seem to be that, but their similar theme is awesome. Well, what's, what's great about it is that they're geeks. You yes. know, you know, you know that that's that's the major difference, really. Exactly. I mean, they're just as accomplished in, in, in their filmmaking skills, but these guys are a product of popular culture, growing up with that stuff. So their their film their filmmaking reflects that. Yeah. Whereas with uh, Coppola and uh, Lucas, it was going for more games. more art. Yeah. A little bit more art, a little bit more artistically driven. And don't fo- say that these guys aren't, but it's just yeah. a totally different thing. Yeah, they're, 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 fo- they're follow-up from the geek slash hipster stuff. I mean, they got Basement Jacks to do the score. Excellent. Which should be cool. Although one thing I saw from the article was that Basement Jacks never made that big in the US. I thought Basement Jacks were huge everywhere. No, I mean they've had some, they've had some hits, but um... <laughs> they played the KL Tower. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> you were there? I was there. Yeah, it's a bit hazy. Yeah. I, c- I just have a vague memory of. Super no, styling. No, knowing that I, that I was there when they played, but that's just about. That's yeah, about I, I remember super styling a lot. <laughs> Another bit of weird news, uh, Mickey Rourke, obviously, every bit of news that comes out about Mickey Rourke you have to take with a pinch of salt because while he is insane, a lot of stories get attributed to him. Yeah. That yep. is insaner. Yep. And I first saw this as an insane rumor, but then it was kind of confirmed that he's looking to play uh, openly gay rugby player Gareth Thomas. Yeah, and he's going to have like his... Like, his he's t- he's talking about getting his teeth removed. Yeah, talking about getting his teeth taken out. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, you I, haven't been fucked up enough, you know? It's like, a, I, I you're going to do it to yourself? I can't remember <laughs> where I saw, I think it was Slash Film or something that has excerpts of an interview and he's like, yeah, for this guy to be in a massively masculine sport and to, you know, come out as openly gay in a sport where his head is, all, you know, quite often times beside someone's balls in the scrum you know um, but it just uh, the, ma- the major thing are we going to be treated to a Mickey Rourke gay sex scene that's what I want to know I wonder if he's going to keep the hair because you know he's yeah, got that crazy he's hair he's got right that now. crazy hair for a long fucking time Gareth Thomas does not have that crazy hair that gets caught in shit and ow 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 but uh, this wouldn't be the first time Mickey Rourke has done it because Mickey Rourke actually he, he did lose his two front teeth in uh, boxing so yeah. and, and uh, he can he can take those two out and he yeah. did this uh, independent film that Steve Buscemi directed years ago called The Animal Factory. Oh, right. uh, where he had where he had those his his, uh, his teeth out for it. The big thing that they're talking about I saw in one of the articles he... is that Gareth Thomas is twenty two years younger than Mickey Rourke now. Hmm. So and it was a couple of years ago that Mickey, uh, that Gareth Thomas came out, so it's gonna be kind so, of interesting. Yeah, I mean yeah, be... he does look kind of plastic anyway, but it's gonna be interesting how they pull that it's off. It's gonna be kind of interesting. Mickey Rourke's insane. Hello. No, Mickey Rourke's a Fucking lunatic! Uh, did you did you uh, hear about um, 
Kevin Smith coming clean about working with Bruce Willis. I saw a little bit of this, yeah. It's like, is, is this true or do you think it's true or do you think he's just like, again, just not wanting to admit that Cop Out was his fault? Again, on Slash Film, I saw an article that pulled together a lot of different things he'd said over time. Yep. And it was supposedly his rap speech, like Bruce Willis didn't go to the rap party. Yeah. And at the rap speech, uh, he basically said, thanks a lot for being here, apart from Bruce Willis, fuck him. Basically along those lines, and the things he's mentioned things. There's a there's a YouTube clip they have of him doing some um, like the his his um, his talks that he yeah, does. And yeah. he's, he's talking about apparently Willis just did not take direction. Yep, that's what I, that's what I've heard. Um, uh, there's a a quote that's recently come out. I mean, there was there was an older quote where he was uh, on an interview on um, the Mark Maron uh, podcast, uh, which was um, last year, mm-hmm. uh, um, and he was saying that uh, that he had some problems with someone on the set. And even though he doesn't mention Bruce Willis by name, what he did say was. And I quote, everyone knows who it is. Remember the really funny guy in the movie? It ain't him. <laughs> Were it not for Tracy Morgan, I might have killed myself or someone else in the making of that movie. That shows how low his actual it quality standards is. has gone. Because Tracy Morgan was, the, wasn't funny in he that He was movie. like, he kept acting from different movies. He kept wandering in there from like fucking Scream. Yep. Or not Scream. Scary movie. <laughs> that was the level of acting he was putting in there. I'm a cop. I got a gun. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was god-awful. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie was terrible. I mean, the only reason we watched that was because we were trapped on a flight for fucking 12 hours and the only other option was to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that wasn't going to no. happen. No. <laughs> but now he's got now a more recent quote is, uh, quote, It was difficult. I've never been involved in a situation like that where one component is not in the box at all. It was fucking soul-crushing. I mean, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're just trying to blame the movie on him. And this is the guy who worked with Benefer, for God's sake. No, but I had no fucking help from this dude whatsoever. Fuck. Jesus. Did you see the trailer for Red State? Uh, yes, I did. It, it doesn't look like a Kevin Smith movie. It doesn't look like a Kevin Smith movie. Which is a good thing. <laughs> so Red State is something about... It's it's some, like, cult and some murders or something like that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, I mean, it seems to be a kind of a horror slash psychological horror. It's not really clear, but... He's saying he's released a trailer with some excerpts with uh, the preacher character giving oration, yeah. and um, he's not. He doesn't want to release any more stuff, and he doesn't want to do distribution. He's going to do enough interviews on some. He's going to basically do on uh, the smodcast. He's been doing himself and Jay Muse have been doing weekly stand-up like podcasts in front of an audience, and he's going to do one of those on Red State and answer every possible question that people submit, and then that's your press pack. It's. Uh, I mean, I don't know it could work to his benefit, but at mm. the same time, it's like. Come on, man. You know, it's like you need to play the game a little bit yeah. to sell your fucking movie. You know, now, you can't be that. So, it's going to be shown at Sundance. Sundance is this week, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, just because, just because your last movie wasn't well accepted, yeah. for whatever reason, regardless of who's to blame. Oh, shit. You know, every filmmaker worth their salt has to go through this shit. Everyone yeah. has their fucking dog. Mm. You know, and it's like this it's one. If can't have the sweet without the bitter. If this, yeah, exactly. And if this one is as good as you say it is, yeah. then let the fucking press see it to get the word out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you let them see it. I mean, that's not up to him. Them seeing it, it's, it's him being there to talk about it. I mean, you look at the opposite end of the scale as Edgar Wright, who is still doing <laughs> Scott Pilgrim's showings, screenings. I mean, that guy. <laughs> Tireless. It's brilliant. I mean, I love that he did that because it is a movie that deserves that. And he made, I hope. I think the DVD when I was in Christmas, home of Christmas, the fucking DVD came out here before the UK. I went home to get it from my sister for Christmas and it wasn't out. I was like, shit, should we just bought it? But, um, you know, it's, I think it's been rewarded with number ones in the DVD charts for quite a while. Has it? Yeah, it was number one in the UK DVD chart the week it opened. Um, oh. DVD and Blu-ray. Right. No, I, I didn't check the, uh, the DVD sales. Oh, well. I, I mean, like, I, I, I hope it does find its audience because, I mean, as we've said many, many, many times... It's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. It's, it really did not deserve... The, the, the little bit of business that it did. Yeah. 
So, um, again, just to show you the sheer amount of news there's been since we last did a podcast, it's we're only halfway through when we get to the fact that MGM and uh, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli of EM Productions have announced that the date for the next installment of James Bond is November 9th, 2012. With Sam Mendes directing, directing. and Daniel Craig returning as Bond. For those of you who don't know, Sam Mendes is the Oscar winning director of American Beauty. Uh, he also directed Road to Perdition, another great film, and uh, Away We Go, which I have yet to see, but I've heard many good things. Yeah? Yep. And uh, he also directed Revolutionary Wars. I was thinking that, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. English patient? No, he didn't. That was Anthony Miguel. That's the one I get confused mm-hmm. with. I get those confused for some weird reason. The English Patient. I didn't like that movie. Did you not? No. It didn't do anything for me. Really? I mean, I like Kristen Scott Thomas. Mm. But that was about it. Ducky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, I forgot I saw Black Swan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Ducky reminded me of Black Swan. Well, Duck Swan. Yeah, more, or less, more or less the same thing. Yeah. We got loads of time for reviews. Um... Oh, and we'll get to the Tron Legacy review in a bit, but apparently it's set to cross 300 million worldwide. So, some critical reviews have been a little tepid, mm-hmm. um, but apparently it's looking like they're going to be uh, going for a sequel. Yep, and, and uh, uh, possibly a trilogy. <clears throat> yes, and also there is um, uh, an animated series on the way. Yeah, uh, being done by the this, the same guys who are doing the film. Uh, so that and that and that and the animated series is supposed to bridge the first film with the second film. Yeah. So if all the stars are aligned, chances are their plan is to just sort of have the third film come out as the animated series is coming to a close. Yeah. Because I understand it's like a, it's a twelve episode thing. It's not an ongoing weekly thing. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Kid show or? Um, they haven't really they haven't really sort of specified what sort of age they're going for. Um, some it was of, like G.I. Joe Resolute. Where what was it? What was it? Deckhand or something like that got killed. <laughs> Don't know. Might might be, but they've got Bruce Bo- Bruce Boxleitner as one of the voice talents, He's along awesome. with uh, Elijah Wood and Paul Rubens and Mandy Moore. <laughs> There's a great. I must put a link up to this as well. There's a great uh, Saturday Night Live sketch with Paul. Paul Rubens is Pee Wee Herman, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a, have you seen this? No. I Adam Sandberg goes into a bar and Pee Wee Herman's sitting there drinking a glass of milk. And he's like, Pee Wee, oh my God, you're fantastic! And now I am. And what are you? And the two of them get like. Let me buy you a drink. What do you want? Shots. <laughs> and the two of them get ripped and then beat up Anderson Cooper oh, really? from CNN's Anderson Cooper 360. <laughs> it's genius. It has like uh, the Saturday Live crew staging an intervention because we know you guys love each other, but you're bad influences on each other. And then it has the characters from Pee Wee's Funhouse, the Playhouse, was it? His TV uh, show that got famous, Pee Wee's Playhouse, like yeah. the talking couch and shit. Mm-hmm. And they're there, you're bad for each other. You keep fucking shit up. <laughs> it's pretty good. I haven't seen that. Did you know there's a bootleg cut of Almost Famous? Not a bootleg cut, it's called the bootleg cut. Uh, yes, I did. I did know about this. I never heard about this before. Apparently it's coming to Blu-ray, but it's a Best Buy exclusive. I mean, I love Almost Famous, and I never heard. There's apparently an extra 40 minutes or something? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this has uh, been out for a little while now. I've never heard of it. I, I mean, I can't remember where I heard of it. I think it was... Um I, I was probably like just like doing some window shopping on Amazon or something and, and saw that it was coming out with that. Yeah. Or I probably read it on some interview, but I do vaguely remember that uh, there, there is um, a special edition of uh, Almost Famous and it's called The Bootleg Cut. I want it. Well, I mean, it's well, got, then get it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's fucking got Cameron Crowe and his mom because his mom is in the movie yeah, played yeah, by Francis yeah, yeah. McDormand with the commentary, uh, audio commentary by Crowe, uh, making of, and I think it has 
the Rolling Stones articles he actually wrote when he was a kid. Right. That just sounds awesome. But the extra 40 minutes, I'd be well interested in seeing what that is. Because, I mean, I really like And it's, it's the Untitled Cut. Because you originally wanted to call it Untitled. Which yes, I yes. I, I, I remember that. That was a lovely movie. <laughs> I really think it was cool. No, that was a really good film. No More Planes Tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Cameron Crowe, for a quite... He had a really good stretch. Mm. He had a really good stretch of very, very solid films before Elizabeth Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, some other news we'll quickly run through. Um, again, I'll put a link to this, but we've seen bits and pieces of the Superman outfit from the aborted uh, Tim Burton, Tim Burton film. film. Uh, Steve Johnson FX, they're just, they've really embraced the digital age and they're just releasing footage they have of all sorts of crap. And for Ang Lee's Hulk, they worked on a giant yes, animatronic I, Hulk. I saw this, it looks retarded. But did you see the arm? No. There's an arm, like a shot of an arm, it looks pretty normal, and they've set it up so that like it hooks out. Mm-hmm. So the arm like expands and grows up huge and it looks that looks pretty cool. But they're the, the huge giant hook thing. Yeah, yeah, like no, you can't no. get away from the guy underneath, like he's like a, he's turning the wheel to make it tilt. I know, stuff. it just like it, it, it would have looked so bad. But if you're interested at all in behind the scenes stuff that goes into movies, this is very I mean, these are all coming out from things that haven't been made. I'm sure eventually they're gonna have some stuff that was made. Yeah. But this is just very interesting and it's putting out on his Facebook page. Yeah, which is yeah, very, to see sort of like uh, the creative process and the, the various stages of development. Before you re- before it becomes what you see on the screen, I think it's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'll put a link to that. It's very good to see. It's interesting to see, and there's a great interview with him talking about it. And I think the whole point he's doing this is because he doesn't have any awards. <laughs> he's talking. <laughs> there's a whole point. Look at the shit I've had to endure. Yeah, he, there's a whole point where he's listing off all the guys who like you know have gotten special effects awards and have been you know uh, inspirations to him. He's like, where the fuck's my award? <laughs> Look at this shit. I work hard. I pay my taxes. Fuck you. Ah, quickly rounding up, let's see what we got. Um, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2. There's a trailer out already, they made yeah. it. Yep. That kind of snuck up on me, I didn't realize. I mean, it hasn't been that long since the first one, right? No, no, no. Uh, I didn't even realize they were doing a trailer for uh, quite a while, and I, 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 they, they were doing a sequel. You loved uh, it, didn't you? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you see the trailer? I, yeah, I did, I did. It looks pretty There's funny. There's one where is it like the teacher or the girl walks by and goes, Hey, Freakly. And he goes, and I think the coach goes, this, this, the coach goes, She thinks you're Freakly? It's gotta hurt. <laughs> It's. I enjoyed the first one, and this, is, and this second one does look kind of funny. It looks like it's going to have some amusing moments, and and uh, it looks like the older brother's going to have a bigger part. Yeah, which, uh, which it's, is it's, it's Roderick's rules, isn't it's it? Roderick, it's he's Roderick. got rules for how to be a grown up, and the kid's trying to follow. I mean, the beautiful thing about the first one was the kid was a bit of a dick. He was a bit of a dick. He redeemed himself, but obviously Roderick is a dick. He's a confirmed dick. He's a card holding member of the Dick Society of America. <laughs> so following his rules is going to make him an even bigger dick. You got to come out sometime. Yeah, and when you do. You're dead! <laughs> it's just... Uh, but uh, one thing that kind of took me off guard watching the trailer for um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2 is um, the mom. Yeah. I totally forgot that the mom is uh, Stu's bitch girlfriend in The Hangover. And I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I totally forgot. I did, totally didn't realize it was the same person. I'm having a moment. Hang on. The Hangover, Stu, the dentist. Yeah. His bitch girlfriend. I can't remember that. tooth. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can remember. Don't let it be like that at the conference. I have to wait for two hours for you to call me. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. call all the time. But I can't remember what she looks like. I'm blanking. And use your Rogaine. <laughs> Don't forget to use it. You totally see how thin your hair gets. <laughs> God, she was such a cunt in that <laughs> And now she's the mom. Oh. You like moms. I like you? moms. Fucking I like nice moms. Nice moms. I don't like bad moms. I guess finish up even though more news. Finish up the news then. Um, yeah, we like Battlestar Galactica. I like Battlestar Galactica. And if you remember from Battlestar Galactica, the opening scenes every week you got to see um, 
Bagaris Baltar crotch hugging number six mm-hmm. in his pad, his awesome pad. Mm-hmm. That awesome pad's for rent. Oh really? Yeah, it's in Vancouver. Uh, apparently, it's th- about three grand euros a month. Uh, I think that's about thirteen grand Malaysian. Jesus. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not that nice. It's uh, <laughs> in West Vancouver in Lions Bay, just over one hour from Whistler in the upcoming winter season. But uh, yeah, it'll be badass. I'll spend the night there. <laughs> Break all the windows, but then I'm new going off. <laughs> Hire some blonde just so you can hug her. Yeah. <laughs> how much to hug? <laughs> I bet that'll be a first. Yeah. Like, how much to hug? I don't think With so. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wearing a long wig. And I want you to call me Gaius. <laughs> What's my name, bitch? Gaius! <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though. Oh, God. <sighs> Emails? Emails. What do we got? We got one from Dylan, the photocopier, that says, do Siamese twin- twins pay for one ticket or two tickets when they go to the movies? I don't know, I think probably... Love seat. Love seat, probably. Yeah. A whole lot of love seat. That's two tickets. Although, it would be if, if I was like uh, one of the guys... It depends which way they're conjoined. If I mean, if it's, if it's back, back to back, they could sit on top they, of each other. They might other. have to look at each other. Yeah. You know, which would... You know, what's the point of going to the cinema? But if one is like literally in the other one's lap, then that could work. That could be a one single seat. Although, if I worked at the box office, I'd be a dick and say there were no more. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all sold out in that section where you can lift the armrest up. <laughs> Deal with it. Sorry. You know. You, you gotta arrange your flap of skin between you. Your, your shared liver over the armrest. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fucked up if they were going to see a movie about conjoined twins? Mm. <laughs> has there been a movie about conjoined twins? I'm sure there has. There's one Freaks, right? <laughs> I don't that's know. not really bad. I don't know. That's 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 quite that's quite cruel. Yeah. <laughs> we've, reached, we've reached the new low. Conjoined twins. It's funny because they're conjoined. <laughs> Reviews. <laughs> Reviews. <laughs> Reviews. <laughs> that was our reviews reviews bill. We're a bit late with this, but that's because we're very busy people. Yes. We have had a lot I got, to do. I, I got trapped in a computer for twenty years. That's why we couldn't do the podcast. <laughs> so I guess we'll start off with our review of Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. Yeah. The long awaited sequel to Tron, which uh, we're featured in by the way. We're in, and it actually we're, says we're, at the end, if you wait till the end of the trailer, it credits it says and special thanks to uh, the crowd at Comic Con two thousand and ten. And, and Paul H. 2010, which we yeah. were there going, Disgress! Disgress! <laughs> Amongst other things. <laughs> uh, Give this plot first, I guess. I mean, it's a sequel to the 1982. I always thought it was 84, but it's 82, 82. Uh, original Tron, starring Jeff Bridges. And the original film uh, didn't exactly set the box office alive, but has since uh, developed a bit of a cult following. Because of the light cycles. Yeah, awesome. pretty much because of the, the, the design of the film, not yeah. necessarily because the it's a great story. was fantastic. Yeah. I love that they're just so black and just very minimal and really nice. That's one thing the new movie, I think, overlit. I would have preferred a little bit more darkness in the background, but I guess the machine world has gotten more like this world. So yeah. it starts off with Sam Flynn. Sam Flynn. Garrett, Garrett Heglin, also... Also known as a charisma vacuum. Yes, he's. Uh, I mean, we uh, saw he's a black. Co- I mean, we saw him at Comic Con, and he was just like the tree hey. that he leans on has more stuff, has more fucking acting skill than this boy. Yeah. He makes Paul Walker look like an Oscar contender. <laughs> <laughs> and we know this having seen him talk live. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not acting. He was sleepwalking through that interview. That's he talks like that as well. Oh, oh, oh well, you know, it's just. Uh, oh, oh. But essentially, his dad disappears. What's my name? 
Yeah, his dad disappears and he gets, and then eventually he finds his way to a secret lab and gets sucked inside the computer into the world of Tron. Yes, where he uh, meets his father again. I mean, first he's got to play a few. He's got a few. He's got to do some like disc wars and shit and yeah. ride riding his bike, which they set up at the beginning. Game of the movie. grid. Yep, when they set up in the early in the movie that he's uh, he's a mo- mo- he's luckily a motorcycle aficionado anyway. Yeah, that was handy. Yep, and he likes the bungee jump and parachute and all that kind of shit. Olivia Wilde, uh, she finds him, takes takes him back to daddy. Yeah, and then after that they have to figure out a way to save the computer world before. Clue, um, uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges' uh, Kevin Flynn's doppelganger uh, from uh, di- Digital Self. Yeah, he he couldn't spend every every time he spent in the digital world. He basically took the world of Tron, put it on a separate server, um, and just see what would happen. And he cr- he couldn't be there all the time because he's a wife and kids at home. And yep. he. Um, Cloned himself, but unfortunately, he wrote the program and he didn't give it an awful lot of leeway with regards to setting up a perfect system. So when something cropped up that was unexpected, yeah, Clue couldn't hack it and turn it to Hitler. Yeah, pretty much Hitler.exe. <laughs> uh, and that's and that's pretty much the story. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to talk about this movie because it's so much a visual thing. Yeah, it is very much a visual thing, and some of the visuals are spectacular. Mm. Uh, it's got some of the best use of 3D in a while. You think so? I thought so. I mean, there's one, there's one bit at the beginning where it's going in, go, uh, going into the grid that I thought was beautiful. The opening, the opening scene yeah. where it has the lines tracing and yeah. then it becomes a cityscape yeah, from above yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that, that uh, voiceover. Because I've been, I got this, I bought the soundtrack before. The yeah, movie yeah, came out. that's that's my, I love that track. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bad CD to put on when you're driving back late at night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your foot just gets really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> the grid. <laughs> I used to imagine. Like inside the computer, information yeah. flying from point to point. Were they ships, motorcycles? Inf- you know, inf- I imagine the world I'd never see, and then one day I got in. Bang bang! bang. Hit the gas. <laughs> Get stopped by cops. <laughs> Drive away, three hundred bucks poor. Yeah, three hundred. You got done. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, we have kind of differing views on this film. Mm. I mean. I was from the look and from the I mean my fucking screensaver on both laptops is Kevin Flynn's light cycle for fuck's sake I mean the design of this I absolutely love I, I wasn't as I said I would prefer a little bit more of the darknesses in the original in the original there was a lot of like it was very stark there was like they were standing on a stage with nothing behind them and they only coloured in bits mm-hmm. and I thought that was nice that contrast whereas this is all very much shot in, a lot of it's shot on camera um, a lot of it is like the, their suits light up You've got the nice lights coming off things, and they were t- they were talking about that before the movie about how you get to see the play of lights on each other's faces. Yeah, but light cycles are fucking awesome. Well, I think design wise, you can't fault the film. No. I mean, it, it looks great. It's a weird choice to make the game universe a bit more. I mean, the idea, I guess, is that over the like, twenty years has been like, it's thousands of years in computer time, yeah. and so it's gotten more like the real world. There's rain, mm-hmm. although if there's rain, then why do they need, why don't you just like why is there rain? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but there's like the recognizers were cool and they just floated. But now they have engines, and it's like, well, if they have engines, then there should be aerodynamics, and that far they wouldn't work. Yeah, but um, but you don't want to mess around with logic like that when yeah. you're dealing with a film like this. <laughs> logic? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Uh, I mean, for me, I just felt that it lacked. Uh, I didn't. I, uh, there was. It did lack a wow factor. I mean, there's a wow factor visually, but story wise, story wise, I mean, there's a point uh, where they get. There's a point where there's like you know Sam gets sucked in, and for a good, good period of time, it's like. Whoa, Ah, you know, yeah. figuring out what's going on and the, the first the disc war battle when he eventually gets to Rizzler and yeah, like yeah. he does the first time he's fighting someone and they jump at him he does a trick where he smashes the floor and the guy goes through it and when yeah. he does it for Rinsler, Rinsler lands legs akimbo and that's like cool yeah. and there's stuff going on there and he's having trouble getting the gravity and there's the, the, the light cycle when the, when the when Clue's light cycles come along yeah 
and there's the, all the guys stand up and they step out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really cool little no, shot. That is a very, that, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good things about it. I mean, I, I didn't dislike the film. I yeah. mean, like, I, I thought it was a good film, but it, After that, there's a point where they get to the solar sailor and you have two flashbacks. Mm -hmm, yes. You have Kevin Phil explain what happened to him, and yeah. then a little bit more of Cora and her stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Or Sam's stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then once it gets to that point, it just sort of lays a bit of an egg. It, it doesn't really lays a bit of an egg. La you know, it, it lays a big fat egg. It's like uh, you know, it's uh, what the fuck does that mean? Means that um, it just sort of stays there for a bit. Uh. It kind of drags itself out for a little bit, and there, and you're waiting for a fair bit of time for something something significant to happen. A friend of ours pointed out when he does meet Dad, and he's like, "Well, let's talk about it after dinner." I haven't seen you in a thousand years and let's talk about it after fucking dinner. But at dinner, there's pig on the table. I know, I know. There's what a big the, fucking suckling pig. Where did he get a pig? Did he write a pig XC? Pig program? Where did that come Where did that come from? Why do they eat their programs? I mean, the first one they drank some, what was it, data and they were cool. And what? Now they got a suckling pig. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that sort of took me out of there, there were two things in particular that took me out of the picture. The first is Clue. Yes. Because I was talking to some friends last night and they were like, computer generated Jeff Bridges is awesome. It's like, no, he's got a weird mouth. He's got a weird fish mouth. He looks like a computer generated image. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like, it, it's just the whole time you see it, there's never at any point where you're unaware of the fact that it's a special effect. Yeah. And that took me out of the picture. Yeah. You know? And it's a 20 years younger uh, Jeff Bridges. But the thing is, when you actually think about Tron, he was very rubber faced when he was younger as well. No, he was. He does, I mean, and he does. He does have weird. I mean, now he's all like, you know. It's not to say that it's not a. It's not a good effect. It's yeah. an awesome effect. It's just you know it's an effect. It's it's slapping you across the face every single time he comes on screen. It's like Michael Bay's cock. There you go. <laughs> and it's you know only not quite as gentle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it t it took me out of the picture because yeah. the whole time it's like effect, yeah. effect, young Jeff Bridges, not real effect. You know. Also, the way they introduced like. All this shit happened because of the ISOs, but they're all dead now. Yeah. It's like, what? Shouldn't that be a movie? Although it's in the video game. Yeah. Which I've completed. Which no one should really have to complete. But um, <laughs> that is the story of the ISOs. It's like, well, you've set up, you've set up a story in the video game that ties into the movie. Fine, but you can't have a large chunk of your movie based on something that happened ages ago. Do that in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't make. It, 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 it's a weird narrative thing that's like you know oh by the way Lord of the Rings well no the ring was destroyed last year and this is about like some stuff happening afterwards it's like uh, it's like if they had followed the book at Return of the King after the ring is destroyed the, the, the hobbits go and have a whole new adventure yeah yeah well they have to go they, back they, and reclaim yeah, the shirt yeah. if they had put that in the movie you'd be like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> so I, it, it, it does kind of it does hang on this thing that happened that you're like well why should I care I don't know any of those characters yeah pretty much uh, another thing that uh, bugged me about it is that the guys who made this movie are clearly big fans of big, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Because Jeff Bridges, I he's mean, I remember he's so fucking zen. It's ridiculous. I remember in the first one, yeah, he was laid back, but this is taking it a bit too far. I Did mean, you say chill, man. At some point, that's just chill. Something like it's like you're really messing with my zen, man. Yeah. You know, when he when he's uh, when he's describing Clue to his son, is like the guy doesn't dig imperfections. Man. Yeah. You know, it's like it come after a while. It just feels like he's been trapped in the computer for a thousand years, and apparently that turns you into a hippie. A star <laughs> double <laughs> rainbow all the way. It just <laughs> it's a double rainbow. <laughs> it just it just feels like after a while, I felt like I'm. It's like uh, this is a totally different movie. I'm watching Jeff Bridges as the last remaining stoner, and he's trapped in a universe full of pill poppers. Yeah. <laughs> 
because everything about Tron is a rave. Yeah. Which brings me to the soundtrack. <laughs> Daft Punk, I love Daft Punk, and this is an awesome soundtrack. Yeah. Even the non-dancey stuff, like the just the this is orchestral stuff, yeah, is yeah, really well done. Very well done. Uh, it's, one, uh, it's one of the best soundtracks to come along in a very long time, and uh, that's one of the, the movie's strong points. However, change it up, switch the mood. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it gets to a point where, and especially with all of Jeff Bridges' stoner talk, it's like he's trapped at a rave and he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone there just wants to go clubbing. <laughs> and he's, he just wants to sit at home and meditate, meditate in, in, you know? in his water thingy that he has. And that was cracking me up after a while. When they go to see Michael Sheen, who delivers the worst performance of his career. Well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing I've heard mentioned is he's playing a lot insane. Like David Bowie, a lot of, he's got the hair, he's got the, the way he acts, everything. He's just like... I'm sure he has his reasons, yeah. but it didn't work. You're at this club, and guess who's the DJ? Daft Punk. I thought that was nice, though. I, mean, I, thought, I thought that was nice. When you just see like, oh, cool, nice little cameo, but they keep cutting back. <laughs> they keep cutting back. There's the a massive fight going on. The guys are like, all right, let's put on some 33 RPMs. They keep coming back, and then that's not. It's not enough that they keep cutting back to Daft Punk. Michael Sheen actually has to go and talk to them. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're they gonna, not. We're gonna go and do some shit. Change the track. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> I feel, it's like when he's firing off his laser gun stick. Yeah. Like what? 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 He, what does and what? And what song comes on? The hit single from the fucking CD. It's just. It, it felt like a. Like, I mean, at that point, the movie felt like a music video. Mm. You know, and it's just like you can. It's like what the fuck. Yeah, I mean, Michael Sheen was quite odd in it. Um, Bo Garrett was also very weird. The whole uh, sirens thing when the, the, these chicks that come out of the walls yeah, and they, yeah, they yeah, strip yeah. Sam down and make him ready for the game. But it's like, yeah, yeah. did he just sit in there all day? Because she has off time because he meets her on the street. Yeah. So does she do eight so hours like, a day in the no, cubicle like, and then pops out after his widget clock out? It wasn't her shift. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's I mean, it, visually it's interesting, but it's also like, Okay, if, if she stayed there, it would have been fine. But then she comes out in she her like tight like, outfit. So, so like, who's, who's who's in that little? Who's in the cubby hole now? Who's who's there? Yeah. <laughs> the, we should mention. I mean, once again, all these questions that you shouldn't ask. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing as well of Rinsler. We shouldn't say who Rinsler is, but Rinsler is a different character. Rinsler is a character in disguise. Mm. Um, and they do cheat a lot on the digital characters where they wear motorcycles. I mean, they were, I remember seeing articles beforehand where we're talking about, like, you know, when Sam's fighting in the game grid, yeah. he has a, a helmet and they were talking about the helmet was built to his face. Like, mm. they literally, you know, made him all of his face and made it the tightest fucking helmet they could. So he has a cool little helmet and I think Cora gets one at one point. But Jeff, young Jeff, computer generated Jeff Bridges and computer generated Rizzler, they both have fucking huge Suzuki motorcycle helmets. <laughs> it's like, what? They look like the. They look like they've got like a cold sore, you know that cold sore ad? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what, why have they got huge helmets apart from the fact, I mean, it reminds me of the fact, yes, their head costs a million to do every time you show their face. Mm-hmm. But I did think they, I think they should have, some of the money they spent on young Jeff Bridges, they should have spent on young, insert name here. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought it up because it, they clearly spent all of their money on making Jeff Bridges young. They had no more money to do a young Bruce Boxer. Spoiler! <laughs> it's not a spoiler! <laughs> Spoiler? It's not a spoiler. He fights with the users. What does that mean? I said the actor's name. I didn't say the fucking character. Oh, IMDb <laughs> people. But yeah, I mean, I thought, IMDb. I thought he, I mean, it's I like clearly he's gonna be there. He's the fucking title character. That's what I mean. He's a title character, but I mean, he wasn't even the title character in the first fucking movie. What? I mean, he was the title character, but yeah. he's not. It's not really. I mean, Jeff Bridges is the main character. Yeah, I know, but he's not the title character. Should be called Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world of Jeff. 
maybe uh, Flynn Legacy. Flynn Legacy wouldn't quite no. work. Jeff Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kevin Legacy. Kevin Legacy. It's kind of awesome, man. <laughs> You're real messing with my Zen. I did though. I mean, we saw the bit in the trailer of the flying bits, which wasn't shown an awful lot beforehand, but that did look kind of cool as well. Um, but yeah. Sequel-wise, we talked about the sequel thing. I don't know where the fuck they're gonna go. Where the hell? What's Quora made of? I don't know. <laughs> How does that work? I don't know. Again, it's just one of those questions you, you just can't don't, answer. You just can't. Just no point asking. So I mean, like, I mean, I thought it was an entertaining movie. I, yeah. I certainly don't regret going to see it. No. I, you know, I enjoyed myself. But and the aesthetic will these, live on. The aesthetic. I will. I will be getting some EL strip and making putting it on my shit. Everything in my house will be covered in glowing lights by some point. This couch is going to be glowing and hot. Ow. <laughs> and buzzing. Apparently EL buzzes a bit, but it's okay in the club. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, like, I enjoyed the film. I did have some issues with it, but, yeah. they, but they, they, they weren't issues that made me hate it. It just sort of, yeah. it just cracked me up and kind of things, you know, certain things that just took me out of the movie. Mm. But aside from that, I mean, <laughs> I've been more disappointed before. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Definitely worth a see if you can. Uh, I didn't. I, I, I unlike you. I don't think I. I mean, I was in the perfect viewing position. The cinema wasn't too full. I saw it over Christmas. 3D didn't really feel the 3D that much. I don't know. I just I didn't think of anything that really stuck out as 3D. I mean, they're doing that whole depth thing anyway. We've talked about that numerous yeah, times yeah. before. But I didn't really get the 3D much. No, I kind of, I, uh, it's, I, I mean, I, I liked it. I liked the fact that it wasn't that so much like in-your-face stuff. It was, I did find it to be a bit more immersive, and I, and I thought that it was a, it was a smart move to only go 3D once they get into the grid. Yeah, uh, because, but you have to wear the glasses yeah. all the way through. Yeah. I thought they were going to do something where it's like, glasses time, but no. So I was like popping on and off at the beginning bit. But I did like that, and it did sort of uh, bring out that world a little bit more for me, and I, I, I enjoyed the 3D in it. Mm. Cool. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm still gonna buy the DVD and every extra I can get. I mean, I have a fucking disc there. I have Flint Morris. So like, you can bitch about all these movies. Yeah. We'll, we'll be the first one in line. Oh, please, one. Can I have some more? <laughs> uh, also, I in the last while caught Easy A, and I definitely want to publicize this in the podcast. I don't know how. I, I mean, I did. I don't really know fucking way this coming to cinema here. And um, Easy A is in the same way that Clueless did Emma. Mm-hmm. Ten Things I Hate About You did the same thing with the shrew. Mm-hmm. Still a genius play on. This title. is uh, the Scarlet Letter. This is the Scarlet Letter, and they're they take great pains in this movie to like they're they're doing the Scarlet. Letter. It's a high school movie, mm-hmm. but it's a great high school movie. A friend of mine is actually he likes high school U.S. high school comedy things, and he's like, oh, thanks for the thanks for the recommendation. I love that kind of shit, and I've forgotten he did, but he shouldn't really tell people that now he's thirty eight. Um, but there's a story of Olive played by Emma Stone who will be playing Gwen Stacy in the upcoming Spider-Man reboot mm-hmm. and um, I love Emma Stone by the way she, yes she and in this you will love her even why, why, why do you love her what's she been in uh, I love I mean I loved her in Superbad I loved her in uh, Z- in Zombieland who's she in Zombieland oh she was, oh, she was the chicken. She was Kansas or Arkansas or whatever the fuck her name was she was the older sister the yeah older she was girl. the older sister ah. well the younger sister was Abigail Breslin okay so it wasn't her it's been a while yeah had a Christmas hangover. I will say that uh, you know, like given the choice, I'll go out with Emma Stone first <laughs> before Abigail Breslin. Yeah. But Sarah Rosenstein. But, still but she's a close second. Yeah. <laughs> but this, I mean, this does for her what you know, uh, Clueless did for Alicia Silverstone. Only it's not the vapid mm-hmm. Hollywood, uh, the vapid California thing. It's the kind of smart intelligence. Well, look. this film, I mean, it did get very good reviews when it came out, and it was a hit. I mean, it did make quite a bit of money in the box mm-hmm. office, um, and. Um, so all of, I mean, the, the movie starts with her talking to camera. She's doing a 
video thing on her laptop and she's explaining, you know, she's setting up the story and retelling it. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that she used to be invisible in high school. Mm -hmm. No one knew about her, no mm -hmm. one gave a shit about her. Herself and her friend, Rhiannon, played by Alison McKellar, who was in Phil of the Future. I was just freaking me out, I don't know where the fuck she's from. I didn't even watch Phil of the Future, but he's from Disney Channel in the hotel. Um, you know, she just doesn't, she likes her, she's a friend, but you know, sometimes you don't want to hang out with your friends, you just want to do shit at the weekend. And there's a lovely montage of that. It's like, yeah, I can't go, I can't uh, do that thing this weekend. I got have a date. Like, you have a date with who? Oh, some guy I met from out of town or whatever. He works over at the other school and shit like that. And then there's a lovely montage of what she actually does over the weekend. And most of it is just in her room. Like, she's, I think her aunt, her mother, her, her granny sends her a card with some lame ass tune on it. Mm -hmm. And the first like, oh, as the weekend goes on, she's like in her room singing to it by the end of the weekend or like painting her toenails. And do, she does fuck off for the weekend. And then when she comes in on the Monday, you know, her friend is pissing her off again. It's like, well, how'd it go? What's going on? How'd you get on? So she tells a fib and she says, yeah, I got nailed. It was great. Fantastic. It's like, oh my God, such a scandal. Mm -hmm. And from there, there's uh, Amanda Bynes plays the leader, uh, Marianne, the leader of the local Jesus Freaks chapter. And um, she just hates her anyway. She just hates everybody because they just sit around playing guitar and saying, come by, yeah, my lord. And she's actually pretty funny in it, very funny. And uh, so Olive tells a little lie. And then all of a sudden, when she's walking in the corridor, and there's great shots, there's a lot of great shots of this, everyone's looking at her. Mm -hmm. It's like she's gone from here zero to not hero but slut. Slut. Yeah. So everyone assumes she's a slut, and then she gets pissed off at one of the Jesus freaks in the class and gives her some shit, and she gets put in detention with this gay guy who got beat up for some being gay primarily, and she's like, you know, you should just fucking, you know, it's high school. We get, we all get through it. You just have to brazen it out and just, you know, fucking pretend to be straight for the next two years until you get the fuck out of here, and then you can go be as gay as you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a while, he goes back to her and says, you know what you're saying, though? Like, will, 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 so, you, will you pretend to fuck me? Will you pretend to fuck me? <laughs> and they go to a party, and they're, she's slutty, and he's all awesome. And they go into the room, and there's like, it's very much the gay, the, the fake sex scene from space. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. the Jumping on the couch. Ah, ah, ah. And he's like, all right, well, time for the finish up. And she punches him in the gut, and he's like, oh! <laughs> that was in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... From that point, her slutitude goes stratospheric. And stratospheric. Uh, they're, they're studying the Scarlet Letter, and Thomas Hayden Church is her teacher, and he's obviously talking a lot about how, you know, you're pretty clever, there seems to be something going on, you're the only one who actually seems to have read the book. As a, If I get one more book report that says, why did Demi Moore keep having baths? <laughs> <laughs> and they reference the Demi Moore movie, the movie a lot, The Scarlet Letter. Which sucked, by yeah, the way. Exactly, <laughs> and as I said, like, you know, and she even, I mean, we like this, obviously the guy who wrote it is a, a, a cineast because he refers to like a 1920s or 1930s version of The Scarlet Letter, which is far superior, obviously. And, um, Shit just gets out of hand real fast. Like the Jesus freak girl is like giving her loads of shit. And eventually she just, ha you know, cause she does this shit for Brandon. These other guys come up to her and they're like, I heard what you did for Brandon. It's like, yeah. He's like, no, I heard what you really did for Brandon. It's like, the fuck I told you. It's like, is this an R rated movie? No. Uh, could you do the same for me? I'm like what? And it's like, well, you know, everyone picks on me and shit like that. And she falls for this sad sack routine every fucking time. So she ends up like, you know, <laughs> she charges for it. So she gets like loads of gift cards. And like, as that goes on, the gift cards get worse and worse. It's like, great, you give me 20 bucks for a hundred bucks for Bed Bath & Beyond. What? <laughs> or you're giving me two for the price of one pizzas. You think I'm going to put out for that? I'm not going to put out for that, but I'm not going to fake put out for that either. And there's all these subplots that get introduced very beautifully like there's the whole thing with uh, 
what they call him? The Sandman again? Uh, Thomas Hayden Church and his wife is Lisa Kudrow. And there's a whole subplot with them. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole subplot with uh, Marianne and the Jesus Freaks. That kind of comes back. It comes in and out. And you totally don't expect the shit to go on. I don't want to say too much about that. Right. And there's an absolutely... It's California. People who go to live in California are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Her parents, played by Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson, she was the sleepy one from the Green Mile. Yeah. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> the sleepy woman from the Green Mile. Yeah, I was looking through IMDb. I, couldn't, I know her face from loads of things, but none of them seem to spring out at me apart from that one. She was also uh, Kurt Russell's wife in Miracle. Okay. Yeah. She, again, she does shit loads of stuff. Yeah, she does loads of stuff. Yeah. But they are brilliant. I mean, they've an adopted yeah, younger kid who's uh, black and like, you know, like she's saying about why she got the tension and stuff like that. It's like, I said a bad word and it's like, what did you say? She said twat. That's another thing. There's some English jokes in there. Like, I didn't realize twat was now known in America, so you could get caught out if you said it. Oh, so right. she got, you know, they're saying, I said a bad word and it's like, well, what did you say? And they're like, they're looking, she's looking at the kid and they're like, okay, um, what did it begin with? And it's like, well, it began with her giving me shit. No, what letter did it begin with? Sonny Tucci is like, and she's like, T. It's like, so himself and Patricia Claxon in perfect unison are going, T, 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 T. Tallywacker, <laughs> and her mother starts going, T, 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 Ta, Tu, Bunt. It's like you're just making noises now. It's like spell it with your P's because she's eating dinner. It's like spitting it out. It's like what's a twit? And it's like no, that's an A. Oh shit, you're not supposed to see that. So they're just awesomely cool. They are never at never point at never any point is she running into a room slamming a door. Right. Not only that, she would actually go to her parents and say, "Yeah, listen, I'm getting some heavy shit here, but I'm taking care so of." So it does turn some of the con- the, the high school movie. Very much so. Her parents it. are fucking awesome and hilarious. Thomas Hayden Church is hilarious. Malcolm McDowell is scary as a school principal. Excellent. Uh, Amanda Bynes is just a bag full of crazy, and uh, you know she even gets to the point where she's like. Fuck it, if they all expect me to be a whore, I'm gonna be a fucking whore. So she goes out and she's wearing like corsets and little frilly skirts and they all have a Scarlet A sewn on them. Oh, excellent. And she's totally fucking gonna, you're taking this homework assignment a little, you know, like, oh, it's just a fashion thing, then mine is high school. You know, and it's just, it's incredibly knowing, it's incredibly verby, it's very funny. Just the dialogue is brilliant. I would highly recommend this movie to anyone. It's just laugh out loud funny. So you liked it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man now because she's just awesome. I mean, there's even a point. I mean, Although uh, it's going to be weird seeing her as a blonde, even though that's her yeah. natural hair color. Mm. It's going to be weird because like she's been a redhead in pretty much every film. Yeah, and she's just very cool, and just it, it sells her. I mean, she's like. No, clever and it's just it's a, I think it's a really good role model for kids for girls as well it's like she's fucking awesome and she's cool and she sorts it all out with her mind powers it's cool no but that's what uh, all the reviews sort of point out about this film is that this is the film that makes Emma Stone a star yeah, yeah. so definitely definitely get this on DVD it's great excellent right what hmm? huh what do you got what do you got um, I'm just going to very briefly talk about The Company Men which is a movie that's um Finally getting its uh, release uh, this this coming weekend, but it's uh, actually been out for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's its release date has been delayed for quite a bit. It's uh, been out in quite a few festivals, mm-hmm. and it's got a hell of a cast. It's uh, Ben Affleck, Chris. I love him in the town. I love him in the town. <laughs> ben Affleck. I saw the town. <laughs> Did you enjoy the town? I enjoyed the town. It was great. Very good. It had Ben Affleck. It had Ben Affleck and Chris Cooper in Charlie Charlestown. You know who it didn't have? Who? Kevin Costner and Tommy Lee Jones, Ooh. who are in this film. Sweet. This is the um, directorial debut of uh, John Wells, um, who has had a very, very um, well. It's it's the feature directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a very, very illustrious career in um, direct writing and directing television. Oh. Um, ER and The West Wing, especially. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And uh, it's quite a topical movie in the sense that it's um, 
it's about uh, corporate downsizing and all the. It uh, takes a look at all the all of the people that sort of lost their jobs and the the, uh, the financial with the financial economic crisis. Uh huh. Um, the only and it's so it's essentially about these four guys, um, except Kevin Costner because Kevin Costner he's a builder. He's a builder. So, and that's another thing about this movie is like it makes it look like oh, if you're in construction, you weren't hit by the the, the financial crisis. Whereas in Ireland, yeah, you made money oh hand over fist, but you spent it all on hookers and drugs, and the rest just wasted. Pretty much. And now you're fucked. So Ben Affleck, Chris Cooper, and Tommy Lee Jones—they are all high-flying executives in in, in this in a, in a major company. Um, movie takes place in Boston. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> do they have the Boston accents? Uh, not quite as strong, actually. The only one who seems to be trying to do it is Kevin Costner, and really? it sounds hilarious. Well, he's he's more white collar. Oh, not white collar. Yeah, blue collar. Yeah, there you go. So Ben Affleck plays Bobby Walker. He's the first. The movie opens with him getting fired. Uh -huh. Um. And then slowly but surely, Chris Cooper is um, sort of uh, one of the more senior people who's been with the company for over 30 years. And he isn't fired yet, but he's scared shitless he's going to get fired. Uh -huh. And ultimately he does. Uh, Tom Lee Jones is uh, also one step above. And uh, he's like best friends with the CEO of the company. He's pretty much assured that he's going to be all right. But because he's got a conscience, that costs him his job as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Maria Bello is also in it. And she's, she's uh, playing the chick who has to fire everyone. And the CEO of the company is played by Coach himself, Craig T. Nelson. Nice. So it's yeah, there's some solid fucking. Mr. Actors. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> there's some solid, solid actors in this film, and uh, the acting is universally very good. All of the cast members put in a really good performance. Uh, what's interesting about Ben Affleck is that his character is a bit of a prick. Yeah. You know, a bit of a smug asshole. It, it takes him the whole movie. It's like it's post-Oscar win, Ben Affleck. Yeah, <laughs> it, t it takes. It's basically throughout the entire film you see Ben Affleck's slow but sure sort of realization that he's he, a dick. That he's a dick, and he's and that he's uh, he's in real trouble. He's very delusional about the whole thing to begin with. It's like he still insists on going to play golf. He still gets his Porsche fixed and all that because he wants to maintain the look that he's still successful. Yeah. All, and but in the meantime, his whole life is just going to shit. I read a book called Follow the Money, which is about the whole thing in Ireland. And he uses it's a it's a it's about the the economic collapse. But he uses characters that he wrote about in the previous book. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I think there's Breakfast Roll Man, who's like a builder who gets Breakfast Roll every day. And there's like you know a nice Dublin Four apartment woman and mm -hmm. the. What you're describing is basically what happens to her. She's like, well, I'll be fine. I'll get another job. And then eventually when she has to go to the dole queue and stuff like that, and he's writing about her perspective. And like, she's there with people who are on dole for, the, for life, or on social yeah. security for life, and uh, how she deals with having to deal with those people and stuff like that, and how like that's a big shock to people. And it's going to be a shock to more people as this happens more and more. So it sounds like it overlaps. Mm -hmm. you know, it, de it definitely does um, have a fair bit of that in it. But what's interesting about Ben Affleck's performance in this is uh, that... Um, is that uh, his the, the the smug look of his youth has now become sort of more world weary and, yeah. he, and and he can use it more as a character flaw of that character he's playing, whereas before you kind of thought he's actually a smug bastard. Yeah. <laughs> whereas now it it's actually like it's a facade that's slowly crumbling. Yes, it's like like it's having, a grim realization that he's past it. It's like seeing uh, it's like when you watch him his performance in the town. It's like some of that smugness that he had in in, in this in in the town. It becomes much more of a character trait that uh, it's a lot more believable and a lot more subdued mm. uh, and it works very well for this particular character so it's, just, it's, a, it's a drama just between ca character drama pretty much is it? pretty much I mean it's pretty much like you do get some of the behind the scenes stuff of how all of this happens and essentially like I mean basically people are fired because they have the biggest pay packet and they just need to downsize you know, like, yeah, down, need to downsize and you do sort of see the different effects that it has on some of the on, on the different characters how it affects Ben Affleck's character is totally different Chris Cooper deals with it in a completely different way Recession the movie yeah uh, Tommy Lee Jones his character um, and also uh, Kevin Costner is um, he plays Ben Affleck's brother-in-law and the two of them don't like each other mm -hmm. uh, 
and well, he's fucking his sister. Yeah, yeah. And and throughout the course of the movie, they become friends, and well, kind of yeah. grudgingly become friends. Even that. What's nice about that is that it's not like a total Hollywood thing where they end up loving each other by the end of the movie. Romance. Yeah. It's basically Kevin Costner gives him a helping hand, gives him a job on the construction site, and so Ben Affleck just has to learn how to use cement. <laughs> uh, this, the, so, I mean, it is a nicely made film. Um, the performances are good. It's, uh, it, does, um, it doesn't solve any problems. Yeah. It doesn't offer any solutions. But it just shows how this affects people. Yeah, but this is where there is some... Uh, I was to criticize it at one point is that it only shows you how it affects one certain strata of society. And all of these guys are super fucking rich. Yeah. I mean, the, there's this montage at the beginning of the movie where they show you where each of these guys live. They, these guys live in fucking amazing places. And for American movies, you know, it's like, you know, Father of the Bride, you know, Steve Martin's supposed to be an average, an average Joe and he lives in a fucking mansion. I mean, American movies, I always have, and sitcoms as well. It's like, oh, Rachel's a waitress, but she lives in this fucking huge apartment. Yeah. It's bigger than my place, for fuck's sake. Yeah. That, so in that, in that regard, it's like, you don't necessarily identify. Yeah. <laughs> because part of the problem is, it's because it's, it's, you're dealing with the like this, uh, a, um, a sort of strata of society of people who have shitloads of money but never bothered to save. Ah. So, but, but, but they don't necessarily touch on that. Mm. You know, it's like they touch on it a little bit, like basically like when he loses his job, when Ben Affleck loses his job, the wife is like saying, well, you know, with, with this and the mortgage and you know, and our Disneyland trip last year and this and that and this and that, we don't really have much of a cushion. And Ben Affleck's like, well, we don't need a cushion, I'm gonna get another fucking job tomorrow, you know, that, that sort of thing. But they're dealing with this pocket of society that Delusional. That you may not necessarily feel sorry for them. You won't. You won't necessarily be able to relate. You're cheering to them. it on when they're broke. <laughs> you know, are they bankers? No. <laughs> you're, not, you're not cheering them on when they're broke. But it, there is that sort of take. That you know, you're one sort of. You're one pocket removed. Yeah. So watching it from that point of view, you're like, yeah, well, I guess it's interesting to see how it affects them. But I mean, I still don't sympathize with them. You know, it's assholes. like you know, it's a well-made movie, but yeah. they're fucking you know. What a minor. People are idiots. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. The whole recession is based upon people who are living at large and not putting anything away. Yeah. And this movie does sort of uh, play on that a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> that was the biggest thing for me. It's like, fuck, these people are fucking super loaded. Yeah. So it's, so I guess which would make it the biggest uh, switch, like if they have everything taken away from them. Yeah. Like that. It's the biggest change. Probably. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, like, uh, I enjoyed the film. I don't think it's going to break any box office records. But... Uh, be interesting to see how it, you know, like a, how a, a film that does deal with this particular topic, because I think it's aside from the only one that comes close to dealing with this is up in the air. Mm. Um, be interesting to see whether it gets that sort of attention. Mm. Cool. Seeing as just remembered us off like so, we should probably do it because I'll probably forget later. Um, we have time. Uh, it's first podcast back. Um, so Black Swan is Darren Aronofsky, director of the uh, the wrestler, and the wrestler Pie, Pie, and Requiem for, for a dream, dream, a movie that if you have kids on drugs, makes them watch this movie. They will no longer do drugs. I think I. Ooh. He also directed The Fountain and is directing the, the next Wolverine movie. Yeah. Um, so this is the story of Natalie Portman, who's a dancer. It's a new. Uh, I think it's a New York ballet uh, group that actually you know the the the. Circle that with the fountain that uh, Bill Murray moonwalks or fucking step walks outside the in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It's just beside there. Um, so it's it's the upcoming production. Vincent Castle's putting on uh, Swan Lake, and he wants to do it different a bit, a bit differently, where the black swan and the white swan are played by the same character. So the whole story is the, of of the of the ballet is that the you know a princess turned into a swan. Uh, gets uh, her lover comes back to her but then the black swan comes in and pretends to be her and takes it over so his whole point is that you know you are too fucking you got the, she's she's very um, perfect and very 
she's got the technique down, but she's no passion. And the white swan is technique, perfect, whatever. The black swan needs to have, you need to let go for that. Mm-hmm. You need to go crazy and shit. So um, this is just like her life and like, it shows a, a side of ballet you never see because on stage it's all lovely and some of that. And then you see their feet afterwards. And it's like, oh, they're mangled. They're so fucking mangled. Mm-hmm. And just the pains and the things they have to go through to give you that hour, two hour of you know beauty on stage, the actual heartbreak and, and commitment and physical fucking torture yeah. they have to go through. And so Vincent Castle, she's basically you know she's pissed off with that kind of thing, and she does something insane that kind of she kind of just like kind of jumps on Vincent Castle, and he's like, all right, I want to see that crazy, do that. And she does a, it's basically a person falling apart. Because I was just going through, Mila Kunis comes in and she just does a bit, Mila Kunis accidentally does one or two things that kind of get in the way of her. And so she kind of sees it as a, as a threat and it's very much like these two are threatening each other but also they become kind of friends but then Mila Kunis does things that she perceives as being bad against her. And Vincent Castle's just weird and like fucking pushing and her mother's kind of crazy. Her mother's played by uh, Barbara Hershey. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's gone old, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's uh, she's kind of, you know, I'm on two, very much like... Uh, Jesse Eisenberg and the social network I'm on the fence on whether she's controlling stage mom or knows there's something up with her daughter and is trying to protect her from the world and there's a lot it's a very sexy movie there's a lot of weird sex things going on and stuff like that and you know while she's doing it she's slowly but surely mentally thinking she's turning into a fucking swan you know like her toes start sticking together Jesus and it's all from her perspective and it's very much the so she goes total psycho not total psycho but very psycho Okay. Yeah, and I mean, there's a whole thing is what you can see very much as an there's a very thing that stuck out to me very much as an Aronofsky thing is there's a lot of shots very close up behind her with her walking places, kind of in pie. Yeah, he, you know, and, that, and also in the wrestler in the wrestler. Those, I, I, uh, I haven't seen that yet. I have had the wrestler there for ages and I haven't watched it. So you haven't seen the wrestler. I haven't yet. seen the wrestler. This is your Emily. What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, if you watch that, I will watch Emily. You still haven't watched Emily. I still haven't watched Emily. 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 Her name's not Emily. Emily. I haven't seen Emily. Sorry, I don't feel like. Growing up a giant. You haven't yet. really, you haven't really seen what Mart has to offer. <laughs> okay, do the review. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of that in the wrestler as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of that, and it's just like it built, uh, uh, not quite as intense as Wrecking for a Dream, but there has the whole build up and build up and build up, and there's weird little things like when she goes into a room, she has to try and block the door. So the, her mother's house has no locks. You were never alone in your mother's house, and Vincent Castle's not helping. And you know she's just having weird dreams and weird things happen. And it is a very much an unreliable narrator. Like after the movie, you're thinking, "Well, so who ate the burger? Like, was that really Mila Kunis, or was that Natalie Portman's projection of Mila Kunis, or was that just her? Or you know, it's like Fight Club for ballet, right? But it is. It's intense, and it's uh, you can't really talk about too much about the individual set pieces because they do go a lot of places, and the 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 effects stuff that comes into it. I mean, it's cool. It's not as when watching the trailer, I thought that it was going to go full-blown fantasy. Yeah. It's not a Terry Gilliam flick. No. I think that was one thing that, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that's played up in the trailer is very much spread out. Mm-hmm. You know, the picking the thing off the shoulder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just like one thing. It's not much more of that. Right. But it's, so it's like she doesn't turn into a fucking swan. I think I'm spoiling <laughs> anything at that point. But she does kind of. Well, I think we can just leave it at that. But this is, I mean, this is one of the critical darlings of the year. Ever, yeah. since, ever since it came out, uh, it, ever since it premiered at the Venice Film Festival, it has gotten pretty much full-on rave re- 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 reviews. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Portman is pretty much the front-runner to win the Oscar. She recently won the Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, 
And she's excellent. It's, she's really good in it. Mila Kunis is pretty good in it as well, but she just plays a slutty chicken. Although her acceptance speech in the Golden Globes was a little weird. What's she saying? It was a little weird. She she went up there and she was all fucking composed, like really composed, like like border like bordering on being like psycho kind of composed. Yeah. And then finally, she gives her a fucking fiance a plug, which is the most bizarre plug. And, and I recently I've been reading up a little bit more about it. And apparently she's been doing that a lot. She's like, I want to thank my fiance, blah blah, and it's helping me in this film to create life. And uh, he was the choreographer of the film. She's like, yeah. you know, and, and he has a small part in the movie. And in the movie, when he sees my character, someone asks him, would you sleep with her? And he goes, no. But it turns out he was lying. He totally wants to sleep with me. She said that. Yeah, yeah. He totally wants to sleep with me. <laughs> and you can hear, like, nervous laughter. It's like, is that funny? Is that funny? Is that, funny? Yeah. Is that what? <laughs> I mean, this movie, I'm so, I mean, that, you know, you, you've done your little play. Uh, so it, was, it was all right. But I mean, you know, you just about going to staying with those characters for a while. Yeah. Doing this movie for however long it took, it must have been wearing. Probably. Because it is a weird character. I read something afterwards that she upped her voice a little bit an octave. Because so, ballerinas are like yeah. children mm-hmm. almost. They get to keep their bodies in like that kind of childlike state. And I just read this thing afterwards seeing the movie. And it's like, yeah, that's totally true. I don't know this, but her, reg- her voice is up a register. Right. And it's kind of childish style. And it, it is a very interesting thing. Again, it's, the, it, it's, it's not the standard like Hollywood stage mom kind of story, but or whatever. You know, but it is like, this is fucked. And she's losing her mind. And let's go. So definitely highly recommended. It's uh, yeah, I think it's it's well worth the awards it's going to get, and uh, you can analyze it for days. But we're not. We're not going to. Fuck. So definitely go see. Definitely gets to go see that in your local world of cine. <laughs> Anything else from you? No, I'm good. All right, we'll finish off as we usually do by reminding you of the podcast email address: podcast at mcgettonfries.com. Podcast at mcgettonfries.com. And we now have... The US and Malaysian box office top 10. At number 10 in Malaysia, Hantu Kak Lima Dalek Ruma. <laughs> that, that means uh, Kak Lima's ghost goes home. Okay. <laughs> now I want to see it. Number 9, The Shock Labyrinth, House of Horrors That's in an Asian 3D. Movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, number eight, Paranormal Activity 2. Jesus Christ, that came out ages ago, didn't it? Number seven, Gulliver's Travels. I've heard this is Fuck toxic off. waste. Fuck off. Number six, The Tourist. I've heard this is toxic waste. Number five, Sirutai. Number four, Season of the Witch. I think I should probably see this for next week. Uh, probably. Just to see what the fuck it's like. Number three, Faster. Oh, bad things I've heard. Uh, number number two. one, two, Great Day. Hmm, sounds Asian. Yeah. And at number one, Kurufat. Berjantian Shitan. Kurafa, that means the, the devil's promise. Oh, or, well, or, or deal with the devil. Well, don't shatan all over that movie. <laughs> and okay. the US box office top 10. Number 10, Season of the Witch. Number 9, The Fighter. Really want to see this. Number 8, Yogi Bear. I think, again, skip, one, skip. Of us, one of us should see to see how bad it is. <laughs> number 7, Tron Legacy. Holding in there. Number 6, Little Fuckers. Don't want to see that. Number 5, Black Swan. Just reviewed. Number 4, The King's Speech. Really want to see that. I damn well stammer. <laughs> number 3, True Grit. I really want to see this as well. Number 2, The Dilemma. No interest whatsoever. And number one, The Green Hornet, directed by Michelle Gondry. Uh, have you heard Michelle Gondry directed an episode of Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel Live? Yeah. And apparently, and I've heard it was better than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm hearing weird things about The Green Hornet. Some people are saying, like, yeah, shit. And other people are saying that it's actually a stoner movie that you can laugh at. And yeah. it actually, it's actually quite fun and stuff. So I'm actually now I'm more interested in seeing it. Although also IMDb got Jay Chow confused with John Cho. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Apparently on The Green Hornet page, for a while at least, they had... Uh, Kato played by John Cho from Star Trek and is like that's not John Cho so IMDB thinks all Asians look alike <laughs> that was the headline 
Racist IMDb. Racial man. The rim <laughs> And I think we'll leave it there for this week. Thanks for listening. As we'll put all the show notes up on the site so you can look at all the shit we've been talking about. And I'll leave you by saying... Good night and God bless. Bye. Bye.